1: This is the Wheel of Time
0: Spoilers Podcast.
1: Your hosts are Seth Jacobson and Patrick Heiler. Hi, I'm Seth.
0: And I'm Patrick. And this is Chapter 40, Hunter of Trollocs, and our symbol is the Triple Trolloc. Remnants of the early morning rain still dripped from the leaves of the apple trees, and a purple finch hopped along a limb where fruit was forming that would not be harvested this year. The sun was well up hidden behind the thick gray clouds. Seated cross-legged on the ground, Perrin unconsciously tested his bowstring. The tightly wrapped, waxed cords had a tendency to go slack in wet weather. The storm Varen had called up to hide them from pursuit the night of the rescue had surprised even her with its ferocity, and beating rains had come three or more times in the six days since. He believed it was six days. He had not really thought since that night, only drifted as events took him, reacting to what presented itself. The flat of his axe blade dug into his side, but he hardly noticed. Low, grassy mounds marked generations of Ibaras buried here. The oldest among the carved wooden headpieces, cracked and barely legible, bore dates nearly three hundred years old, over graves indistinguishable from undisturbed ground. It was the mound smoothed by rains but barely covered by grass that stabbed him. Generations of Ibaras buried here, but surely never fourteen at a time. Aunt Nain over by Uncle Carlin's older grave, where two, with their two children beside her. Great Aunt Eelsen in the row with Uncle Eward and Aunt Madge, and their three children. The long row with his mother and his father. Adora and DeSalle and Little Pate. A long row of mounds with bare, wet earth still showing through the grass. He counted the arrows remaining in his quiver by touch. Seventeen. Too many had been damaged. Worth recovering only for the steel arrowheads no time to make his own. He would have to see the Fletcher in Emmons fields soon. Mule Dowtry made good arrows, even better than Tan. A faint rustle behind his back made him sniff the air. What is it, Dan'l? he said without looking around. There was a catch of breath, a moment of startled surprise before Dan'l Lewin said, The lady is here, Perrin. None of them had gotten used to him knowing who was who before he saw them, or in the dark, but he no longer really cared what they found strange. He frowned over his shoulder. Dan'l looked leaner than he had, Farmers could only feed so many at once, and food had been feast or famine as the hunting went. Mostly famine. The lady? The lady Fahil. And the lord Luke, too. They came from Emmons' field. Perrin rose smoothly. Taking long strides, made Dan'l hurry to keep up. He managed not to look at the house. The charred timbers and the city chimneys, that had been the house where he grew up. He did scan the trees for his lookouts, those nearest the farm. Close to the waterwood as it was, the land held plenty of tall oak and hemlock. And good sized ash and bay. Thick foliage hid the lads well. Drab farm clothes made for good hiding. So even he had difficulty picking them out. He would have to talk with those farther out. They were supposed to see that no one came close without a warning. Even Fael and Miss Luke.
1: Basically, cotton sewer for farmers. <laughs> yeah. Work clothes that blend into the background. Drab farm clothes make for good hiding. Sure. I always like to point out that Dammel was originally supposed to be the fourth boy who left home, and Harriet talked to Jordan out of doing that because he didn't have enough material for him.
0: Four's a crowd RJ.
1: And it was just a little too like Four Hobbits. Mm, fair enough. That, like, fair if enough. you really want to make a parallel, like Four Hobbits, Moraine instead of the Magician, Lan instead of... Aragon? Aragon, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Perrin is off basically at his old burned-down home, right?
0: Yeah, there's a camp of his two rivers men near it who number around 75 in total of his now followers. Oh, I, I was going to say, because it looks like there's around 50 at any given time, but when he gathers them all at once later, there's like a little more than 70, I think is something.
1: They've been hunting Trollocs for the last six days in this, like, rain that was summoned up by Varen that kind of went a little out of control. So they've been just soaked and raining and killing lots and lots of Trollocs, one group at a time. And a couple of fades, uh, which has given them a fair amount of confidence and a fair amount of battle experience.
0: Hundreds and hundreds of people have come in from the north and south, from every direction, with their cattle and their sheep, all talking of Perrin GoldenEyes' warnings. Your little village is preparing to defend itself if need be. And Luke has been everywhere in the last days.
1: Uh, yeah, that's Perrin Taviran. Perrin who?
0: He asked Blinsink. <laughs> Perrin Golden eyes.
1: This is the first time we get the Perrin Golden Eyes.
0: Of course he hates it from the beginning.
1: Oh, yeah. I was listening back to Eye of the World, and I thought it was interesting that when he first shows up and meets Rand, only his irises are only a little golden, but by the end of the book they're fully golden. So there is a, a time period
0: over which it just turns. Perrin shows a little bit of his ignorance when he says, From the south, but this is as far south as I've gone. I haven't talked to a farmer more than a mile below the wine spring water. Da'iel tugged at his beard with a laugh. News spreads, my fine general. Tavirin.
1: Basic. The word, he, he started a movement and it spread to, even if he wasn't there, people are still attributing the, the movement and
0: the, Everything to him. Well, yeah, once you get a bunch of people to go, then all of those people go talk to their friends, and you assume it's out of your hands.
1: Yeah, it's a movement, movement, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a movement to get everyone to move.
0: He also says, There will be stories about you in the two rivers for the next thousand years, Perrin Goldeneyes, hunter of Trollocs. I
1: muttered. I mean, as he becomes their first king, you know, like, I would say that there's going to be a lot more than just minor stories about him. Probably more than a thousand years. More than a thousand years, yeah. He's going to be uh, one of the major figures in Two Rivers history for, you know, all time.
0: Hunter of Trollocs. There had been little so far to justify that. Two days after freeing Mistress Luhan and the others, and the day after Varen and Tomas rode on their own way, they had come on the still-smoking ruins of a farmhouse, and the fifteen two rivers, lads, with him then. "'After burying what they had found in the ashes, "'it was easy enough to follow the Trollocs. "'Between Gall's tracking and his own nose, "'the sharp-fetid stink of Trollocs had not had time to fade away. "'Not to him. "'Some of the lads had grown hesitant when they realized "'he meant what he said about going and hunting Trollocs. "'If they had to go very far, "'he suspected most would have drifted away when no one was looking. "'But the trail led to a thicket no more than three miles off.' The Trollocs had not bothered with sentries. They had no murderall with them, to overawe their laziness. And the two river's men knew how to stalk silently. Thirty-two Trollocs died, many in their filthy blankets, pierced through with arrows before they could raise a howl, much less a sword or an axe. Daniel and Ban and the others had been ready to celebrate a great triumph until they found what was in the Trollocs' big iron cookpot sitting in the ashes of the fire. Most dashed away to throw up, and more than one wept openly. Parent dug the grave himself, only one. There was no way to tell what had belonged to whom. Cold as he felt inside, he was not sure he could have stood it himself if there had been. I had to read that sentence, that last sentence a couple of times to make sense of what RJ meant. And Parent's just saying that, um...
1: I think if the remains were identifiable, he would have lost his... He would have also been puking. Exactly. That, like, there was enough... Basically, what's in the kettle is essentially, like looks much more like meat than anything else but enough is left to identify it
0: as human meat because it was so disgustingly unreal that made him able to kind of disassociate right exactly that, like this isn't real
1: just keep shuffling just just it needs to get buried whatever it is yeah no i mean terrifying totally horrific like the the cook pots is sort of one of those things that you know after you've read the books a couple of times oh yeah troll cook cook pots like yeah, yeah yeah that's just something that that you want to avoid you know that's what's going to happen but like when you're confronted with the reality of what's actually going on that you have like yeah human soup <laughs> that's really fucking disgusting and it just it it's it's disturbing on a level that like if it's portrayed correctly it can really like i feel like could make you really really horrified
0: oh yeah yeah and it's like you said, you get a little condition to it as you go through the series. because like, you know what Trelics eat, blah, 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 all that. Yeah, they eat people, it's scary. But if you think about that and humanize it for a second, it's really horrifying
1: but can you imagine just like oh looking in the show looking in a cook pot and it looks like just a normal stew and then like a human hand floats to the surface or an eyeball or something like that you know yeah, like, right. i feel like,
0: like we've seen that scene a million times if you cut up the meat nicely it might just look like mexican wedding soup like how would you know it's not pork you know wouldn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have to assume they they just don't bo- they don't bother cutting up the meat they just throw the whole person in there and so they will, will be identifiable parts yeah
0: probably but to bring it back around, Perrin mentions running into another group of Trollocs, similar size, killed all of them. Oh, uh, this one. This one with a uh, murdral, right? Yeah. This time, the men shouted as they shot, the satisfaction, not much less savage than the good old Trolloc howls. After they saw people they knew in a cook a little bit of a fire
1: under them. I have a quick question. So going back just a little bit, Master Alivir... Wanted a message delivered to Parent. He asked me to deliver a message to you. Alana vanished twice without a word. Once alone. Loyal said Ivan seemed surprised to find her gone. Do you have any idea what that's about? I just wrote WTF next to it. I really have no idea if we get. And this is where like this is part of what makes me think that Alana may be not as white or not as not dark friendly as we think.
0: Well, I thought this was just because Varin told perrin to watch out for alana who told and perrin tells loyal to keep an eye on her and this is word coming back
1: right but she disappeared where did she go what is she
0: doing yeah mysteriously twice oh yeah i looked into it don't know
1: yeah i I was able to find nothing me neither Uh, so i'd love to hear from anyone out there
0: who has an idea what
1: what where alana was going Uh, theories everything
0: your tendency says checking up on Perrin and Belron says crying in the forest question mark, which is a possibility. She just lost a warder.
1: Heredia mm-hmm. says banging will all seen. is
0: getting pretty fresh. <laughs> maybe. I think will all seen is here now, so no, Yeah. I I otherwise some... I'd be like, well, maybe. I don't know.
1: Maybe. I don't
0: maybe. Size, she can do whatever she wants. <laughs>
1: I I am particularly surprised that Ivon finds her gone because that's her warder. Yeah. So she must have hid. That's what really it was like. Did she hide her bond from him so she could go, what do what? And I think she may be meeting with Lord Luke, who's also a dark friend. I have no evidence for that whatsoever. That's just pure throwing that out there to see what the reactions are.
0: Yeah, I have no idea.
1: <laughs>
0: Rita's is freaking out that you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh I mean but but who else could she possibly be meeting with? Like I really I am I'm, I'm coming more and more around the idea that Alana was stealth black and that Varen didn't tell anybody
0: because she
1: No, yeah, Alana's
0: well she's not listed as black. That doesn't mean that no, she is. No, she's isn't. not listed as black.
1: And this goes back to my, in the hour of her death, it's only once she's stabbed through the heart that she's able to release Rand, because otherwise she'd been she'd been commanded
0: by the Black to maintain the bond. I'm shaking my head, but yeah, I, I, it's just because I don't know.
1: And I'm certain that Varen would know Alana's Black, but my question is, is she covering up for Alana? You know, that goes back to maybe Varen used some compulsion on Alana to get her to bond Rand because she was commanded to try and make a connection to maybe. him.
0: Like. <clears throat> The easiest thing for me to believe is what what Valeron said, is that she's just off crying somewhere in private.
1: Just off crying. Yeah. No, uh, Occam's Razor, that's definitely the simplest explanation. However, I keep coming back to the idea of Alana as black. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I don't have proof for it, but I don't have proof against it
0: either. Something more insidious would be really satisfying, but I think Alana is just a willful... Person. i don't think she's black i think she just does some dumb stuff
1: and Talir, yes i know she's not in Varen's book but i think that Varen would deliberately is deliberately hiding it i think she would deliberately not put it down not add her to the list well and everyone's saying why well we know that Varen spends a lot of time with her maybe she's people are upset with me <laughs> people do not like the speculation
0: <laughs> i like Murda saying she seems too consistently to, emotional to be black to me, which is interesting. It's, and I can think of dark friends that are emotional, but the, all the black Aja
1: are. I mean, I, I like Taylor's point that, like, Varen would record information. She wouldn't let some scheme get in the way of her recording everything. And because of the cipher and everything, there's no reason why she wouldn't put Alana in the book. So, I mean, I I, I accept that Alana is not black, but I'm having fun <laughs> And having trouble disproving it definitively. And it's not like we get a POV from her, so it's hard to really be sure.
0: Well, moving forward.
1: Luke seems to always be at a place right before it gets burned out. Shocking. Wonder how that happens.
0: Yeah, we've already speculated on that in a couple episodes ago. That he's basically scouting the place out before it gets raided. And then, of course, Perrin talking to Luke for a moment saying the village is secure, complimenting the inn and all the
1: food and nails great and everything. And he's basically there trying to convince all of Parent's force to abandon him. He's like, oh, I don't like the fact that these guys are out here killing my Trollocs. I want them to go back to the village and uh, stop killing my guys. So I'm going to be out there and convince them, like, hey, the village is great. You should totally
0: go there and be safe. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's probably at least something close to what's going on because I mean Perrin right now Perrin and his two rivers folk are in a tactically good position. They so they have a standing army. I'm I'm air quoting air quoting Mobility. It's, yeah, a standing army of about a hundred men who are good hunters and whatever, but they're not soldiers. And then they have people fortifying the town, which is great. So if the town were to come under attack, they should do pretty well. There's a ton of them there, and if but also if the town were to come under attack, this standing army of a hundred guys, right, can slam the whoever's attacking Emmons Field, the town itself, up against the fortifications of the
1: town. They can beat the a hammer to the fortifications, Anvil.
0: Right. right. So that's not good for for Slayer.
1: Yeah, if he wants to attack, he's gonna want them all in there.
0: And you don't want these guys getting militant. You don't want no, these guys no, getting good at what they do, what they're doing. They are
1: getting they are getting good at what they're doing. They've taken down, you know, 60-some-odd Trollocs in a fade easily. Yeah, maybe even more. Yeah. Although Will Alcine says they haven't smelled a Trolloc in days, which I thought was an ironic use. The word smelled. I wonder how much they know about Perrin's abilities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's accidentally. Yeah. Or I think that was an accident when um, Will Alcine see, says oh, come on, Perrin, we haven't even seen it. We haven't even smelled a troll. Like, in six days, be reasonable. Like, let's go get drunk, basically. He's yeah. saying. Perrin's like, nah, I don't.
1: hero's welcome.
0: Yeah. I don't believe any of that. It's just been a little while, whatever. It says, I don't think the job's done. Let's
1: go stand in a banner that says, mission accomplished.
0: And then Luke tries to change the subject. Like, well, if they don't bite on that, then, like, well, it does seem like you've taken care of the Trollocs. Maybe you should think about taking care of the White Cloaks now, which is also pretty dumb to directly attack a, a real standing army.
1: To, to antagonize the White Cloaks. Yeah. Because they haven't, they haven't actually killed any White Cloaks. They've just stolen the prisoners back. But if they start killing White Cloaks, then it's a whole – the White Cloaks are going to go crazy and start killing – you know, again, sowing chaos in, into the two rivers.
0: Mm-hmm. It was then that Gaul came pushing through the crowd, followed close by Bane and Chiad. Not that the Aeol had to push, of course. The men cleared aside as soon as they realized who it was.
1: Luke does not like the Aeol. They are in, an incredibly strong fighters, and they like to help take out his scouts, and they're, they're a real issue for
0: him. Yeah. He does not like them at all. Perrin asks, what did he find? Gull reports, basically, a group of Trollocs moving through the Waterwood toward their position. And Perrin, essentially, as I'm just glazing over this, this is like two pages of conversation parents says essentially like, well, if you know where they're going to be, can you bring us to a place essentially to set up an ambush? Gull's like, yeah.
1: Which gets Will to shut right up. Oh, we haven't smelled any Trollocs except this group.
0: <laughs> and of course, um, as they have this conversation about their tactics, Luke is standing right there.
1: Oh, yeah. And then as soon as they're done talking, he's like, um... Gotta go. Gotta go. Uh, (laughs) Later, dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta tell the Trollocs exactly what you're doing. (laughs) Which is what sets up the ambush uh, at the end of the chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the whole Perrin's failing is entirely contributed to Lord Luke and his uh, spy and counterintelligence.
0: Oh, and you know, at uh, kind of the tail end of that conversation with Luke and all, as Luke is leaving, I noticed that he, when he pulls on his gauntlets, they're, they're embroidered with, with wolf forms. Mm. I thought that was kind of interesting, um, if only because, this feels like maybe it was a, quite a few episodes ago now, but a while back we were having a conversation about kind of Slayer being like um, Shadow Parent. Sort of where he sure. has Slayer has his um, Shadow Brothers. Uh, why can't I think of the other name? Dark Hounds. And Perrin has the wolves, and they're both kind of associated with wolves, but in opposite ways. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, we know that the Dark Hounds are corrupted wolf souls,
0: right?
1: And we had some speculation as to whether or not Slayer was somehow contributing to that corruption. I don't think we were able to to nail that down one way or the other. I, I I often think of the the wolf emblems on his gloves, kind of like, you know how you if you're in a dogfight, every time you take out on a plane, you stamp it on the side of your plane. Kind of think of it that way. That mm-hmm. like every time he kills kills a wolf, he like adds a little icon to his
0: clothing somewhere. Gross. Yeah. Are enough skull about getting ahead of where the putting them where the Trollocs will be.
1: Luke asks Fy'ile to go with him, and she's like, "Nope, not in a, in a chance." He's like, "Shame. I guess you're dying too."
0: Oh yeah, I didn't really think of that, but yeah, that's totally it. He doesn't think she should have to die.
1: Yeah, he just wants to take her with him, and I mean, he's totally into her, obviously. But more of, I almost think of it more of like a possession thing,
0: like he wants to take her away from Perrin than anything else. Just to best him in every possible way. So Perrin and Gaul pick their place. Perrin lines up his men in the or re- reverse arc formation a parabola. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, if anyone's not familiar with it, this the point is for your enemies to move into your crisscrossing line of fire. So, your if your forces are shaped like a U and they march into them, then they're, they've surrounded themselves.
1: And you can shoot arrows basically out of the top of the U without hitting your fellows.
0: Right. If the arc is shaped right, nobody you can't shoot your own men, but that you can you can have a crossfire. Yeah, totally decimate.
1: Remember that uh, that toy uh, back in the eighties called where you'd shoot the little metal balls and try and knock a spinner into your enemy's gold called crossfire.
0: Crossfire. You'll oh. get caught up in something.
1: Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> crossfire. Oh man, we're we're just having a nostalgic day that. today, aren't we? <laughs> 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 Commercial is excellent. So they're waiting, and they're waiting. And nothing happens. And Perrin can't smell anything, which is nope. pretty suspicious. Because he's... Basically, they've circled around so that they are upwind from him. Which I think is luck more than anything else.
0: Yeah, probably. His enemies don't know about his abilities.
1: I think. Or they're downwind from him, not upwind. But yeah. So they get ambushed from behind. And since he's at the peak of that cup, I would assume he's the first one to really get discovered. Since he's sort of at the base of the cup. So they... The the Two Rivers folks are basically expecting the Trollocs to go into the cup, but instead they come from outside of it. And there's twice as many Trollocs as there really should be, as their scouts told them.
0: Oh yeah, good catch, I didn't even notice that. A vagrant gust brought him the putrid stink like centuries-old sweat and rot. Perrin whirls around and tries to warn everyone, they're behind us. But of course, by the time Perrin says anything, the Trollocs are on them. And I actually didn't mark this action scene out to read unless there's significant descent. It's pretty short. Perrin kills a couple of Trollocs. Mergerall shows up. Mergerall dies. A lot of 27 Two Rivers men die of the 75 or yeah. so.
1: Well, I, we'll say that Ivan saves Parent's Perrin's fighting the Fade and is about to go down. And Ivan steps in and
0: just takes his head off with his sword. Oh, right. Because Ivan's- Perrin's been shot. At that point, he gets shot in this battle. It gets shot in the side.
1: And the, the fade, I was trying to say the faiel. <laughs> the fade <laughs> says your faiel was delicious, which he doesn't even know who Fail is. He just hears parents say, Fail And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I ate her. Totally killed her. You know, like right. it's just, just happening. Trying to mess with his head. Totally. Totally. It's, he's a wounded opponent and he's like, oh, I'll mess with your head and take you out. <laughs> so Ivan shows up right at the last moment. And again, with the fucking Trollocs, which makes me think again that Alana may be black because she sent Ivan with the Trollocs to sit to make sure Parent didn't die. Yeah, I mean his timing is just a little too perfect. Maybe he did
0: know where Alana was and just pretended to be surprised.
1: Yep, or even he could just be a patsy. She could just just have sent him to show he could doesn't necessarily have to be a dark friend.
0: Because Ivan or Ivan, however you want to. Ivan, I think. So, Ivan, yeah, he shows up just at the end of the battle. It seems like it would have been difficult to come from, unless he came from the Waterwood, which doesn't make any sense. It would have been difficult because he would have, have to have gone through the Trollocs to get to the Two Rivers, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. So that's suspicious, but I don't... And there's nothing definitive to no, say about it. No, that's the whole... That's the whole thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's the whole problem with Alana. So he, he estimates there were about 100, which is way more than the 30 we were told. Maybe a few more now. Uh, and then he's he's like, wow, just in, he, she sent Ivan just in time to save my life. Just in time.
0: They did not come as we expected, as all Gaul says. The night
1: was colder than we expected. There was more rain than we expected. The drawlicks did not come as we expected. Such a badass thing. Mm-hmm. Fail shows up with 9 out of 12, so she lost 3 out of her 12, which is not too terrible.
0: I forget how many men Perrin sent with her. But she they were attacked too. Fahil has is scratched up, but she's fine. Perrin has a arrow through his flank, but he seems to be
1: fine. Well, it, it gets badly infected. He This arrow comes very, very close to killing him. If it wasn't for the healing of the Aes Sedai, he would have died from this pretty, pretty clearly. Cause it gets like caught in the bone and infected and like it's in there for a couple of days. Yeah. So it's bad. It's a bad, bad wound. I thought this was particularly brutal. Will's recollection of Kenley. I often, I was thinking this might be a, possibly a PTSD Vietnam vision that Jordan may have encountered at some point and he related. This feels very real and brutal and true to me. I saw Kenley, he said. His head was in the crook of an oak, but the rest of him was down at the foot. I saw him. His cold won't bother him now. He sneezed and looked startled. And just that, like, that shell shock, watching someone who was alive just recently and having their head be totally separated from their body and just how fucking vivid that is.
0: Yeah, 27 men not there. Did he bring all the wounded, he asked Dolly? Is anybody left out there? ban says. I mean,
1: it's a good number of them. Oh, yeah, you read the paragraph. Yeah, I, I agree, Aradia. These kind of details ring a little too true for someone to imagine. It's a little that that sort of, it feels very much like um, Saving Private Ryan where you have these little flashes of, like, gore that really stand out to you. You know, the guy with holding his arm in his other hand, like that sort of thing. So they get the, the wounded up on the horses. They make sure everybody's carrying a bow, even if they can't draw it, including Fail, just so they look intimidating. So hopefully, as a group, they're not attacked. With the Murdral dead, uh, the Trocs probably don't have a single leader who's going to whip them into a frenzy to attack a armed foe. They have to look like—only if they look like easy meat would they attack.
0: Right. So Ivan says basically—Alana's Warder says basically— Put a bow in everybody's hand, even if they can't use one. The the Trollocs won't know, necessarily. Um, So if they come back or regroup to attack us, they may go looking for some some isolated farm or something rather than mess with a bunch of armed people. You know, the Trollocs are lazy, and without a half-man, they would probably rather find a farm than someone who might put arrows in them make sure everyone who can stand upright carries a bow with an arrow knocked, even if they can't draw it, Ivan says. Which is wise. From a distance, they would look dangerous.
1: And it seems to work. The Trollocs follow for a little while, and then fall off and fall behind, based on scent. And let's, I mean, how much of an advantage is it for Perrin to be able to smell the Trollocs? I mean, it it just it constantly is. It's a huge um, advantage. It's a huge advantage. Just for tracking, for warning, for all that kind of stuff. As long as the wind's blowing the right way. He's reciting the list of names in his head, the people who died. Again, that's something else that I wonder if maybe Jordan, uh, you know, we, hear, we see Rand doing that a lot. So I wonder if that's something that haunted Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, the names of the men he, he was with and he knows died. Uh, I just see a lot of, of Jordan's war experience in this in this chapter.
0: Yeah, and general familiarity. We should find a farm for the night, Yvonne said. Someplace undercover in case it rains again. A Fire food. He looked at the two River's men and added, Water and bandages. Perrin only nodded. The warder was better than he at knowing the right thing to do. Old Billy Conger, with his head full of ale, was probably better. He just let Stepper follow Yvonne's grey. Before they had gone much beyond a mile, a faint thread of music caught Perrin's ear. Fiddles and flutes playing merry tunes. At first he thought he was dreaming. Then the others heard, too, exchanging incredulous looks. Then relieved grins. Music met people, and happy people by the sound. Someone celebrating that anyone might have something to celebrate was enough to pick their feet up somewhat.
1: Which, interestingly enough, the title of the third episode comes from a chapter before the title of the second episode. So they might not be going strictly linear. They're almost certainly not going strictly linear in terms of telling the story. Just an interest. So the, we've got two, the Watt Wednesdays have been pretty good for the last two days. Or last two weeks, I mean. And then, yeah, the, the director, I mean, she's someone, she worked on Westworld. She directed an episode of Westworld, one of the better episodes of Westworld, as awesome. well as some other really good stuff. So, like, high-budget, high-quality director, that is highly encouraging for what they're going to do with the quality of the TV show. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm starting to get a little psyched, because they're starting filming this year. They yeah. have a director. They have scripts. I feel like the rest can come together really quickly. And if it's Westworld quality, like, oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've already like accepted that it's not going to be the story exactly, it's just like a thing that's going to happen in the Wheel of Time universe and just embrace whatever, it, whatever they come out with, because you can never turn books into sh- shows perfectly, you know? Um, I was I was more worried that it would just be bad straight up, you know, (laughs) right,
1: right. That's all. I just don't want it to be straight up bad. I just don't want it to be Legend of the Seeker and, you know, Shannara Chronicles, all that kind of stuff. So as long as they don't go that route, I just I I just keep getting my hopes up. You know, there's so many signs that are pointing to this being handled seriously. And, well, you know, we don't have a budget per episode yet. And that's going to make a big difference in terms of like production quality. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I get the feeling that with whatever budget they have, they're going to do the best job they possibly can.
0: And that that's really encouraging to me. Yeah, it seems like the creators really really do care.
1: Yeah. And we know, I mean, Jeff Bezos is a huge fantasy nerd, right? Like, he loves uh, Lord of the Rings. He just did the five-season prequel and greenlit that, and he's totally into it as the owner. So I can't believe he's not also into The Wheel of Time and not also, like— Willing to put some of his company's money towards making a really good show. It's true. Especially with the uh, <clears throat> constant uh, pestering of the fan base out there who's uh, hopefully making nuisances of themselves. Can't <laughs> oh, hint they to everybody. They are. <laughs> Hashtag uh, <Watt> Spoilers <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, Farscape. Yeah. Claudia Black often has a very, yeah, she's great. She's very Fayil looking.
0: Mm-hmm. I I would uh, cast show. Claudia Black
1: that. as uh, Fayil's mother.
0: Oh yeah, she would be a great value. Or I mean, she's definitely uh, quite she's a little, little old now. to play a teenager
1: at this yeah. point. But <laughs> I love Farscape. John Crichton and his relationship with Harvey in his head—such. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about probably the closest thing I've ever seen on TV to Rand and LTT interacting is John Crichton and Harvey in his head. Like, if if they took inspiration from Farscape to do. You know, sort of had them appear in another place in his head, and then like hang around and talk. That would be an excellent way of handling Rand's relationship with LTT. So, if if you how ha- if you want a an idea of how I think they should handle um, that relationship, take a look at Farscape, especially some of the later ones when when Harvey sort of becomes his own independent character, separate from uh, Scorpius. For oh two, man, I love a bunch
0: of dark friends.
1: Yeah, season three, four.
0: Oh, well, yeah, for... again. It's
1: been... oh it's such a good show you know it definitely starts out just a little bit campy and some people have trouble with the fact that the aliens are jim henson puppets but i freaking love that they're jim henson puppets so you know if you can just accept that and learn to love it the show has so much development character development going on in it although i really can't wait for the blue bitch to die every time i watch the show
0: Thank you for listening to the Wheel of Time Spoilers Podcast. Rate us in the Apple Podcast
1: app or support us on Patreon. Is that good enough?